welcome Mrs. Melissa Otto of Fidelity International and Mr. Pete Yongbanit. สวัสดีครับท่านผู้มีเกียรติท่านผู้บริหารธนาคารกรุงเทพนะครับเรามาเจอกันอีกครั้งหนึ่งนะครับหลังจากที่ได้รับฟังนะครับเซสชันที่แล้วนะฮะเรื่องการเมืองเรื่องอัตราดอกเบี้ยนะครับดูเหมือนว่าพวกเราคงจะอยู่ในสภาวะที่อัตราเรียต่ำไปอีกสักพักหนึ่งนะครับผมอยากจะชวนท่านผู้มีเกียรตินะครับเปลี่ยนบรรยากาศนะครับมาคุยถึงเซกเตอร์การลงทุนนะครับที่ให้ผลตอบแทนสูงนะครับและมีการเปลี่ยนแปลงอย่างรวดเร็วนะครับแล้วก็เกี่ยวข้องกับพวกเราในการใช้ชีวิตประจําวันนะครับนั่นคือเทคโนโลยีเซกเตอร์นะครับเราได้รับเกียรติมาอย่างสูงนะครับจากพาร์ทเนอร์ของเรานะครับก็คือฟิเดลิตี้นะครับคุณมาริซ่าออโตนะครับที่เป็นผู้เชี่ยวชาญในแง่ของเทคโนโลยีนะครับมาพูดกับมาพูดคุยกับเราในวันนี้นะครับก่อนอื่นท่านผู้มีเกียรติทราบไหมครับว่าถ้าถ้าผู้มีเกียรติลงทุนในหุ้นแฟงนะครับเคยได้ยินไหมฮะ F A N G นะครับแฟงนะครับก็คือ Facebook นะครับ Amazon นะครับ Netflix แล้วก็ Google นะครับปีที่ผ่านมานะครับเฉลี่ยของกลุ่มนี้นะครับ20กว่าเปอร์เซ็นต์นะครับเมื่อเปรียบเทียบกับ S P 500ประมาณ 7% เปอร์เซ็นตะครับไม่ใช่เฉพาะแค่ปีที่ผ่านมานะฮะถ้าเรามองย้อนกลับไป 2-3 ปีเนี่ยหุ้นในกลุ่มนี้นะครับให้ผลตอบแทนร้อยกว่าเปอร์เซ็นต์นะครับเปรียบเทียบกับ S P ประมาณ20กว่าเปอร์เซ็นตนะครับเพราะนี่เราจะมาลองคุยกันว่านะครับว่าจริงๆแล้วเนี่ยไอการมีผลตอบแทนอย่างนี้นะครับมันจะเกิดบับเบิลหรือเปล่านะครับเราคงจํากันได้นะครับคิดว่าท่านผู้เกียรติทุกท่านอาจจะอยู่ช่วงนั้นนะครับที่บับเบิลแตกในช่วงปี1997ถึง2001นะครับเราจะลองมาดูว่าจริงๆแล้วเนี่ยเหตุการณ์พวกนั้นเนี่ยมันจะกลับมาอีกไหมนะครับแล้วก็รวมไปถึงเทคโนโลยีใหม่ๆนะครับที่มา disrupt นะฮะชีวิตความเป็นอยู่ของเราเนี่ยมันจะเป็นอย่างไรนะครับแล้วก็จะดูว่าเทคโนโลยีต่างๆเหล่านี้เนี่ยจะก่อให้เกิดการลงทุนของเรามากน้อยแค่ไหนอย่างไรนะครับเพื่อให้การเสียเวลานะครับเดี๋ยวเรามาเริ่มคุยกับคุณมาริซ่ากันเลยนะครับ Thank you for joining us this time Thank you Pete It's really an honor to be here Thank you so much for the invitation Okay Thank you um, Just what to start the question with like you know investor in still remember the dot com bubble you know during like 1997 to 2001 Um, and more are uh, linking to the recent rally in the technology stock. They link it back to see well whether this time is the same or is it different. Can you share with your view on this rally? Yeah, I mean, there's. It's no secret that the tech sector has been a very compelling place to be invested. On average, the past four years have netted around 25% returns if we just simply look at the index. And then, from an active management perspective, upside from there. So, if we look back into 2000, the top of the the tech bubble, what's different today? And I would say, ultimately, what is probably the most compelling difference is total addressable market, and simply the fact that I'm sitting here in Bangkok today is really a testament to that. The presence of the emerging markets, the emergence. Of middle-class consumers in China, in Southeast Asia, in India, have really allowed many consumers to leapfrog technology and become a part of this technological revolution in a way that's driven growth like we've never seen before. Okay, so that means like, you know, we we just told the Thai audience about the if you invest in Fang Group, you know, so the the, the performance have been like. Uh, spectacular, you know. So, do you know, like, why are investors so focused on this uh, group of the companies, and is it like the real earning coming out, or yeah, what happened with the, the, this group of companies? If you'll permit me to just ask the audience a question, how many people in the audience have a smartphone? Could you just raise your hand? 
Okay, this is the answer to your question. Okay. The penetration, and, and of course we're here in Thailand. I mean, I think we could go to almost any major economy and we're going to mm -hmm. have the same sort of representation, the same sort of penetration. And because the smartphone has become so prevalent, so mm -hmm. ubiquitous, it's allowed companies like Google, like Facebook, to really capitalize and scale on that total addressable market in a way that they couldn't before. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're, we're really just seeing the, the, the early stages of that, quite frankly. The early stage, okay. So you see like, you know, the performance will you continue to capture all the... the... What, what would slow it down? What would stop it? Okay. I mean, I, I really think in many ways when we think about technology, we think very long term. We think it's very transformative for the entire global economy. We see the potential going so far beyond what we see today that we want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And that's how our investments are structured. Okay. Um, just what, uh, because you are bad in Japan, you know, so I just want to, to see whether like, uh, Japan is a more tech-savvy country, so could you please share with us about the development, you know, in technology space in Japan? Yeah, please. I mean, Japan's real core competency, no question, is in factory automation. Their ability in robotics is arguably second to none. Okay. It, it is so advanced. What they're doing in terms of artificial intelligence and the way that's being infused into robotics is, is really pioneering. Mm -hmm. And we're very excited about that in terms of the way we think about that technology in, in, in our investments and in our, in our thesis around factory automation. Okay. So like, but if you think about the, the Japan, the auto is kind of, you know, the, the fuel engine. But now today is the move to like autonomous driving and EV car. Mm -hmm. So how the Japanese automaker aim to cope with that kind of change? I mean, autonomous driving is just going to really redefine the way we move around, the way we, we transport. And, and it will also completely redefine the way we think about time. You know, how, how many of you actually commute to work? If you commute to work, it's maybe a half an hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour in Bangkok traffic. Mm -hmm. That's a waste of time. Okay. So the ability to have a car actually drive you somewhere mm -hmm. means that you, as a consumer, can use that time more productively, more progressively, in a way that maybe you can spend more money during that one hour. It can be good for the economy. Mm -hmm. So it just means it will redefine the way we think about transportation. So we want to make sure that we, as investors, are geared into that trend. So, so like, is it like the auto industry in Japan going to have some difficulty in terms of the new technology coming in with the, all the... Our, our view is that the strong players will adapt to these movements. And okay. as investors, we can pick and choose. This is the beauty of, of active stock investing, as mm -hmm. opposed to being invested in an ETF. An ETF will own it all. But we will look at that value chain and say, we want to be invested in the areas of the market that will see the greatest upside, that will benefit the most from that long-term trend, mm -hmm. so that we can profit and generate alpha from it. OK, OK. So like um, in, in, in Japan, so they try to kind of cope with that one with the, the technology that uh, exists currently with all the, 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 the um, what you call it, the one that, um, uh, that can track the movement, is that the? 
The sensors, I mean, yeah, sensors, sensor, yeah. absolutely. I mean, Japanese companies have been at the forefront of developing many of the sensors around that. And these are companies that we pay very close attention to, where, where we see real innovation mm -hmm. around this trend. And, and we just continue to want to be coupled with it. We want to we want to be partnered with it in a way that we understand what the long-term implications for earnings growth are, because we think that's really where we can provide the most value add to our customers and, and where we see the most upside in, in our portfolios. Also, like this is the one thing that technology kind of get into, like the auto. But how about that? Uh, can you touch upon the fact that the tech company uh, disrupt the traditional business? Like Amazon, you know, try to disrupt hurting the retail mm. sector where their e-commerce or the Netflix it destroy the cable TV industry. Stuff like that. Is it anything to share? I mean, technology is progress. It's movement forward. It's it's taking old business models and rethinking them in ways that are more efficient and ultimately better for consumers. You know, they save money. And in the end, I think two people win in this scenario. One is the consumer wins, usually with lower prices, okay. faster service, better products, better quality, mm -hmm. faster, better everything. And the shareholder wins because of the disintermediation. And so usually that translates into better earnings growth, better scale, bigger sales growth. Um, I mean, again, it depends on the company, but if, if I were to stereotype and generalize and say this is where it's going, mm -hmm. I would say long term, if we stand here 10 years from now, the trends will be that the consumer will benefit and ultimately the shareholder will benefit. Is, it a, is there any uh, other sample of the, the tech that, you know, disturb the trip? traditional business other than these two that uh, I mentioned? Is it any other technology? Technology is probably going to create vibrations in every dimension of the economy in the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. It is going to creep into our lives in ways I think we can't even really imagine. And I think that the, maybe the other, the question to really ask is where won't technology creep in? And, and I have a really simple answer to that. I think technology will not replace common sense. Technology will not replace emotions. Technology will not replace human creativity. It will ultimately replace anything that is rote, that is simple, that is a process, that is standardized. But when we really think about who we are philosophically, if we just step back and say, as humans, what do we bring to the table? What makes us great? And it is our ability to innovate, to come up with new ideas, to survive, to look at a situation and react to it, to connect with people, to develop relationships, to build things. And I believe that technology will only incentivize us to do that more and more and more in the future. So I think we can continue to progress and, and be a greater human race. So it doesn't mean like all the traditional business or sector will be <laughs> like, you know, took over by the technology in the sense? Absolutely. Okay. Um, like how the ASEAN uh, technology team be able to compete with the tech firm in the um, Silicon Valley? So since you're based in, in Asia, so is there anything that uh, we can compete with them? Maybe in terms of artificial intelligence or any technology? 
I, I mean, I think that there are so many tech companies that are still emerging. Um, we do quite a bit of investment on the private side at Fidelity. So I'm, I'm consistently amazed at the number of small emerging companies with new technologies that are, that are coming about. And, and I think we're seeing quite a few of those in Asia. I, I think there's a real opportunity for Asian inventors and entrepreneurs to really lead in some very remarkable ways. And I mean, there's no question that your Facebook, your Amazon, Netflix, and Google are great companies, but they're, they're huge companies. And I think we want to find the next FANG stocks. And that's really what I spend a lot of time thinking about is where are the next Alibaba's, where are the next 10 cents coming from? Mm -hmm. Because you could argue that those are the big established companies. Are they going to really double from here? We want to be in the stocks that are the small mid-cap growthy type stocks where we think over the next five to ten years they will become those next those next bank stocks or the next alibabas of this generation yes uh, can you tell us more a bit like how you kind of find those kind of company in terms of you know what is go going on around the world with all the new tech thing like that yeah please I mean, we're very bottom up. We're just out there kicking the tires, talking to lots of people, lots of inventors and entrepreneurs, and really trying to understand the direction of this technology and, and what, what, what types of areas of technology. I mean, we say technology, it's an enormous universe that encompasses so many different things, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's on one spectrum, AI that's yep. trying to replicate what humans actually do or something as simple as e-commerce, mm -hmm. you know, where you can just buy a TV online and have it delivered, and then everything in between. And I think what we try to identify are the areas of the market that thematically will really benefit from where the market is evolving toward and, mm -hmm. and what sort of scalable businesses will evolve globally over the next 10 years and to make sure we're on board and positioned correctly. But if you look at the, the sample of the, the big company, as, as you said, like, you know, Amazon and Alibaba, I think both of them like the e-commerce type of thing, but the business model is quite different. So, so how you, you see like this thing and if you go to look at another big company or potential big one, so how you can identify or capture it? Because like both are e-commerce, but maybe focus on different kind of approach. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really what, where the investment process comes mm -hmm. down to, you know, really understanding company management, understanding the fundamentals, analyzing the business, really looking at not only the track record, what they have done, but the vision and what, what will they do in the future? How will they use their capital to drive growth and create growth? How will they invest in new businesses? And how will that ultimately determine the return for the investor? Mm -hmm. And most importantly, what are we paying for it? How okay. much? What's the valuation? And is it worth it? Mm. Is what we're paying worth it for the growth? And I think that's a conversation we, we consistently have. Sometimes it is worth a higher valuation because the growth is so profound. Mm -hmm. But then other times we would question it. Okay. So like in your team, you have like hiring like PhD in techs or engineer or, you know, how to help you identify those kind of the new technology, whether it's valid or is it relevant to the, the, the future? Yeah, we work with those people. Okay. So we'll do an interview with them on any kind of specific types of technology. I mean, certainly I, I don't have a good understanding of what an AI algorithm looks like, what determines its 
you know, bread and butter, what makes it good. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you gave me three different AI algorithms, I wouldn't be able to tell you which one is the superior one. Okay. But we can work with people that actually can okay. and, and help us understand the technology to give us an edge. I mean, the other thing that we are doing and thinking about is using AI and big data in our own investment process. I think the way natural fundamental active investment has been done hasn't really innovated much in the past 15 years. You know, it's, it's a lot of it is about kicking the tires, going out, meeting companies, seeing what's happening. Mm -hmm. But actually, there are a lot of things that we can use technology for to bring into our investment process to get a lot more of an edge in terms of how we think about names and how we think about companies um, and whether or not they're telling the truth or not. We, we mm -hmm. like to believe that companies always, you know, are, are giving us a straight story, but sometimes they don't. And, and that's a really important dimension to using technology and big data in our own investment process as well to give us an edge. Okay. Since like you involved in all the technology or see, you know, a lot happening. So like here in Thailand, we try to kind of uh, do the kind of help the startup, the incubator, or here, so on and so forth. So, can you share with us about this kind of startup market on what happening or how it developed in in other country? Yeah, I mean, I think this this uh, Silicon Valley. I mean, it's no secret that the startup market the past couple of years has been on fire. Yeah, there's been a lot of strength there, um, but you know, I think. Startup market, we're actually seeing quite a bit of action in Japan, which is interesting. You know, we, we do see some incubation there and some really interesting, edgy companies that, I mean, I, I've seen just, just as an example, this, there's a, a building called Egg, mm -hmm. and it's, it's literally all these little startups that are on several floors mm -hmm. of an office building where they just have funding and they all work together. It reminds me a lot of the hedge fund industry 10 years ago where you'd have you know, all these little hedge funds starting mm -hmm. up in a bank and they'd be in an office building and then hopefully three or four of them would make it big and, mm -hmm. and would grow and move out of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what they're trying to create. You know, we're seeing it, I think, in a lot of places where I think the technology opportunities are becoming very apparent on a global level and, and just long term. It's not just something as simple as e-commerce. I think the, the disintermediation angle is becoming so much more real Mm -hmm. and, and the fact that we're starting to see technology come into financial services yes. where it was really almost forbidden <laughs> <laughs> is, um, is really interesting with all the fintech and blockchain. Yeah, like, you know, you heard like Jack Ma said that the Chinese market will be a like cashless society in five year time. Indeed. Is it possible from your will or from your research? I mean, the Chinese market has surprised many of us in terms of the way that it has leapfrogged okay. many developed countries and, and taken on and absorbed technology in a very, very aggressive way. I mean, the, the numbers are staggering in China mm -hmm. in terms, I mean, Alibaba is the perfect example, but there are so many other great examples of small apps or technologies, startups all over China that have really been tremendously successful. What is the driving force of that? Can I, I don't think they have the legacy businesses. Okay. You know, that's, that's a big part of it. And, uh -huh. and a lot in, in China, a lot of the legacy businesses are state-owned enterprises. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the, the Chinese government, in many ways, is trying to get away from those okay. and trying to focus more. It's trying to pivot. It can't mm -hmm. shut those down. 
um, but it's trying to pivot and say, let's, let's try to focus on some of these new innovations, this entrepreneurship that we have going on in China, the creativity, the, the drive of our people, and, and, and try to put some muscle behind that. And I think you know, we're really seeing that uh, happen. And, and you don't have a lot of these old economy um, businesses that were started, say, 20 or 30 years ago. China just went straight to mobile. Okay. They went straight into a, a lot of these technologies that, mm -hmm. that we didn't we didn't have to that we didn't have the luxury of doing. You know, there was a transition process in developed markets. Like beside of the, the Silicon Valley and China market, like is it anywhere around the world that they drop something like uniqueness for, for that market, like in Europe or in India that you come across? I'm sorry? That developed that new technology in maybe Europe somewhere or India or any other country? I mean, I feel like there's constantly new technologies coming out. Um, Around I mean, we, okay. we, we are getting, I mean, I would say every couple of weeks I'm meeting some company that's got some new interesting idea that they're floating to the market or we're thinking about or we're talking about in our global tech fund or we're thinking about from a you know, multiple of angles, you know, we're, we're either worried about it because it might affect our existing holdings because okay. of competitive positioning. Uh -huh. We're wondering how it might affect our, our current thesis. We're thinking about it from, you know, a business angle. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think there's there, I think there's just so much going on. That's why, I mean, our thesis is that that's the reason the tech sector has been and will likely continue to be quite strong. So, like, you, you mentioned that you, know, you try to kind of evaluate, you know, the new technology coming in and see whether they're going to, you know, impact for the, whatever we, you hold it or invest in. Like, do you, how, how you kind of manage this? Like, do you group it as a different kind of sector or so how, how your team kind of grouping these kind of technology and to see whether it's going to be impact or... or yeah, I mean, for us, I think our main leverage point is our collaboration and the okay. fact that we... I mean, I have a team of 17 analysts and a data manager in Tokyo. We're just constantly looking at everything going on locally in that market. But our, my team plugs into the team in Southeast Asia, the team in China. And then regionally, we plug into the team in London. Mm -hmm. And we're constantly getting together on off-site trips, collaborating on calls, or trying to figure out, all right, are we really are we calling these names correctly? Are we making sure that we're in the right trends, the right themes? You know, going to Silicon Valley, knocking on the door of the major companies and saying, we want to hear more about your company. We want to hear more about your products, your future, how you're thinking about it, and really getting in, rolling up our sleeves and understanding what's driving this technology and making sure that we're not holding, we're not a part of the technology of now and yesterday, but that we are part of the technology of tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that when we wake up five years from now, we are holding the newest version of Alibaba or the newest version of Facebook rather than the old version. Okay, since you mentioned this, so what do you think about the Bitcoin and, and the blockchain technology is the here to stay and you know the cryptocurrency? How how you will on that that kind of thing? We recently we heard that the China has been banned for for that uh, <laughs> ICO. Yep. I mean, our view is that it's 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 not going away. Okay. You know, it's just going to continue. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know how it continues and how certain countries, certain regulatory bodies, certain organizations absorb that. 
that's that's really where the controversy comes from. That's where it's not entirely clear. So how they have to kind of try to work it out, how exactly. to manage it. Okay. It will not be consistent. It, it will it will be very nuanced. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Any new trend or technology that you come across that you can share with us so we can look into what those kind of technology recently? I have to be a little bit careful, you know, oh. uh, because of our disclosure. Sure, um, sure. But, you know, I think one, the areas that we are really carefully looking at are areas of the market that are very underpenetrated that still provide a lot of upside in terms of how, whether it's e-commerce or digital or apps, all these sorts of things could continue to penetrate. That would be one area that we're really carefully looking at. I think there are, there are some really interesting, attractive pockets that, that still have not fully monetized or scaled mm -hmm. the potential that we have seen in the U.S. And so our, the questions that we're asking is, could we see that replicated in some of these other markets? And so we've been doing a lot of work on that. And I think around actual technology, I think the cloud provides tremendous opportunity. You know, we, we've been spending a lot of time thinking about where the cloud will take us and, mm. and how we can really benefit from that as well. Okay, okay, that's good. Um, do you still optimistic about the, the technology sector and so in the near future? Like, look like, you know, what, whatever you mentioned is that everything gonna be repaired or assisted by the technology like disrupt? It, in it, our view, it, it, everything that we touch will have some level of technology in it going forward. Mm -hmm. You know, it will be the internet of things. Things will be much more connected. It will be a much more direct world we will live in where it will be a lot easier for vendors to connect directly with consumers. It will be a lot faster, a lot, probably a lot more seamless than what we have seen in the past. Any challenge or the setback on this kind of thing that you see? Yeah, so I, I think that for me, the, and the, the thing that our team really talks about, our biggest concern in the market is regulation. Oh. So if you look at a Facebook, a Google, an Amazon, these companies have just massively gone global and at really very little government regulation. And, and there, I think, is some, some discussion about whether or not in the future the government may come in and say, hey, we're not totally comfortable with all the data that you have. We're not totally comfortable with how much you know about all of our people, about how much insight you have into the world. We may want to have either access to that, partner with you, or regulate you. Um, so I think that's, that's certainly something up for discussion, because I think if they started to really regulate some of these larger players, that, that might be a risk out there. So the impact for their earning or exactly. the, the, the new idea that Indeed. come into the, the market. Okay. In, in which sector that you think the, the IT will come and, you know, push, uh, disrupt the, the biggest, you know, from, from you look at the, the big, big picture on this one, because it will be related to the retail, you know, in the auto, in the AI, you know, names field. So is it any kind of group or the sector? Because, like, if they technically come and disrupt it, that means the traditional business will some, somehow, you know, go away, is it? I mean, it's, it's like all things, and I think that's the benefit of, of being an active manager, 
is that we can look to the future and say, how do we want to be positioned? We want to be a part of the future innovation. We want to be part of the next generation of alpha. Mm -hmm. We don't want to rest our laurels on the existing business models or the, the business models that worked in the past. We want to be positioned and we want our clients to be positioned with what's next because that's really where the money is to be made mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. ultimately the, the value proposition that we deliver. Yep, yep, yep. Back to my first question, is it any sector that you think is going to be like uh, increased quite often with the technology? I mean, our sense is that around the cloud there will mm -hmm. be significance. Wow. Yeah. I think AI and big data will continue to be quite profound, but I think what will happen around AI and big data is that these will, I think right now they're embryonic business models, mm. but will ultimately evolve into the real business models potentially going forward. And I think ultimately there will be some markets that will really dramatically expand in terms of the way they absorb a lot of this new technology. And those, those are the areas that we're very much focused on and um, the way we think about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, so with, with, with this, so do you think that the, the robot will replace human being or, you know, uh, or take over the world as such? The, the robot will not replace the human being. Um, the human being is a very complex, it's, it's a very complex human. And being human means that you have an emotional intelligence, it means you have common sense means that you can do things that go off script. So if, if you're told to do these five things, but then you see something, you say, you know what? This thing number four doesn't make sense. I think I'm gonna just kind of do my own thing because that's the right answer. That's the right way to go. Mm -hmm. A robot cannot do that. It can't think out of the box. It can't question authority. And, and I think that's ultimately what's great about it is that mm -hmm. At least when I think about my day, the most painful things I have to do in a day are things like deleting emails. I would love to have a robot delete emails that I've either already read or are not useful. Okay, I, I calculated how much time I spend in a year deleting emails. Okay. So it's about 15 minutes a day. So 15 minutes a day times five is 75 minutes a week times four. Mm -hmm. And then you go from there. This is hours and hours a year I'm spending mm -hmm, mm -hmm. deleting emails. A robot could do that. Okay, so you so just I could use those hours and come up. I could do more speeches for you, Pete. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I could do more things that are productive that allow me to connect with people, allow me to be creative, and allow me to add a lot more value than just simply deleting emails. And I think this is where robots will really add a lot of value to our economy and to our, our business models that are existing out, that currently exist, so that we as shareholders can really benefit and leverage the existing technologies of our companies. Mm -hmm. But it will also impact, uh, impact all the, the worker as well, because you know, we get the machine to work for the staff, for human beings. That's the controversy, but that's progress. I mean, that could have been said the past 1,000 years. Yep. We would still be, you know, living in, in a very simple way if it wasn't for progress. Progress is ultimately what forces humans to innovate and mm, to adapt mm, 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 mm. and to move beyond their existing skill set. 
so that they do more and think more and mm -hmm, are more mm -hmm. progressive. Okay. And I think that AI and robotics and all these things are just one dimension of that that will drive it forward. Mm -hmm. So, like, Zin, I, you know, from, from my feeling is that you're kind of very positive on the tech, tech, technology sector, so they're going to do more of uh, things in the future. But do you think, like, with the, the pride that they, they put in for the, the future earning, you know, is it any, some, uh, what you call it, some risks, you know, for the not deliver whatever, you know, a lot of people expected on, on that, that kind of thing? Because the, it had been like, you know, increased four, five, six. I mean, I would say, if anything, I actually see opportunity there because if you look at the U.S. economic data, mm. one of the things in the U.S. economic data that jumps out is that the U.S worker has not improved their productivity. They have not become a more productive worker. And our sense is that maybe some of these new innovations that we're starting to see out there could actually start to make workers around the world, not just the US, but globally, a lot more productive so that they can spend more of their time on the things that make them competitive, that make them interesting, that make people want to pay for their services. Mm -hmm. And that ultimately, usually, from my experience, leads to earnings growth. Okay. So still it's like... Not del it's not deleting emails. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so how about in, in terms of security kind of thing, you know, I try to kind of think something that might kind of hold the technology back. You know, you said like, you know, maybe the liquidator is just thing like maybe the security or uh, in, in that... If, they want to kind of use it, so it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's some issues around culture too. You know, what's interesting about the Japanese market is that it's very underpenetrated for e-commerce. Oh, okay. It's one of the lowest penetration markets for e-commerce in the developed world, mm. which is unusual when you think about Japan yeah. and innovation. Surprise and me. It's quite a high-tech society, but. Uh -huh. I think there are a number of things that have slowed that down. So it'll be pretty interesting to look at it over the next five years. Amazon has become a lot more aggressive in the Japanese market in the past 12 months. And I think we're starting to see some evidence that that might be turning a corner. So like, okay, when you mentioned Amazon, Amazon and Alibaba, you think who are gonna win on this e-commerce model? I'm sorry? The, the, they, they have the different e-commerce model, right? right? You know, Amazon, they try to acquire, get a big asset. Alibaba is uh, trying to support the SME. So mm -hmm. what would you take on these two different business models? I mean, our sense is that there's room for both okay. and that they will drive, and, and they have driven. I mean, they are from, they are the example of e-commerce, both of them. You know, they are the leading players right now in the world. I think we've tried to step back more recently and say, okay, these guys have been very, very successful. They're enormous. They have enormous numbers of customers and their businesses are really showing very strong growth. But what could be the next generation of players that will evolve around that mm. and, and become the next Amazons or the next Alibabas? And I think that's those are the really interesting questions that we really try to grapple with, you know, and think about, you know, going forward, where, where, where what could e-commerce maybe look like? Or, or could it be 
could, could they actually be on the way out? What's going to... Mm. What's going to allow these companies to maintain their competitive advantage? Because as quickly as they've come up, as you know, with so many industries that we've seen, it's just as easy to go down. So yep. we want to make sure that anything that we hold in our, in, our, in our portfolios, anything that we're talking about, we want to feel like it's sustainable. Okay. There's a real sustainability to that business model. And so that's why you know, I would say we consistently look around that and dig into that. Okay, so you're afraid that whatever you invest might be disrupted by another new technology coming in? Could be. It okay. could be. Yep. Yeah, uh, I have a question on like the cashless society. Right now we have a couple of countries like Sweden or China that they try to do the cashless kind of society in terms of like don't use money, use the electronic, that kind of thing. Any concern or anything that you look at in this kind of area in terms of the investment? I mean, Bitcoin is absolutely fascinating. Um, it is potentially one of the most exciting innovations of our generation mm -hmm. if it really becomes something that is very tangible and ultimately replaces money as we know it today, mm. or credit cards. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it could become something very innovative and, and become part of the global econ economy in a way we can't even imagine. I mean, I, just very anecdotally, um, at Fidelity's Boston-based Innovation Center, okay. we can actually use Bitcoins. Mm. We're, we're actually experimenting with oh. them and looking at them mm. to try to understand how they may affect the future of our economy. Okay. So look like from talking to you, everything is kind of so bright and in the future and the technology will come. Is it any form from you like when you wake up at night about the technology thing that kind of hold you back? Like not the liquidator or anything at all? Because like we try to see like here in Thailand, we see like the, the internet is going up, up, you know, bubble, but you said, okay, they have some earning, you know, justify, there's a lot of... Uh, activity or transaction support those kind of things you know so and you mentioned that in the future there's uh, so m many to come and replace it and get people more efficient you know mm. so everything it look like blue sky you <laughs> know from, from what, what I feeling from you said it's anything that we should uh, let the, the investor aware or you know something that happened in other country that uh, I mean I think I'll just grab that what you said you know, about the be becoming more productive. If you ask most people, and, and I guess, I'm guessing that the audience would agree, is that w when you ask people, what do you want? A lot of people will say, I wish I had more time. Okay. I wish I had more time to spend with my family. I wish I had more time to relax. I wish I had more time to have fun and still maintain the same levels of success that I've been able to enjoy the past 10 years. And I think that in and of itself is something that we have not been able to do because we haven't been able to be as efficient or as productive. Mm -hmm. So maybe what ultimately happens is that people just become, just they just have a lot more fun and they just enjoy their lives more and become a lot more efficient and productive okay. in the wake of that. Okay. And, and what, what I guess would worry me is that people themselves can't do that. You know, and if I think okay. if I think about my own father, he always worked really hard. Yep. And we'd be on vacation, and he'd always be calling somebody. Oh, or... right. Okay, so they kind of let go. <laughs> exactly. Okay. You know, so that is a good volley, though. Right. So maybe, you know, that you know the the ability of humans to just not want work-life balance. They may not 
they just may not be comfortable with it. Okay. They may just want to continue just doing something. This, get... the, cons the consistent path that they've been. I think one of the earlier presentations, somebody said that you know they had someone in retirement and the person was in retirement and they were still bored. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so that I think that's ultimately what productivity and efficiency will lead to is it'll give us more free time. Okay. So how we use that yeah. is, is up to us. So maybe we, we, we reinvest it back in. Okay. <laughs> All right. And it doesn't play out the way that I'm assuming it may. Okay. It's hard okay. to say. All right. All right. Okay. Thank you very much, Melissa, for sharing the, the <laughs> idea. Okay. So, uh, สรุปนิดนึงนะครับก็คุยกับคุณมาริซ่าเนี่ยท่าทางเขาก็มองว่าเทคเทคยังคงไปต่อนะครับเนื่องจากเหมือนกับทุกคนเริ่มมาใช้